Welcome everyone, I'm Philippa Jeffries and I'm here with Hans Christian Rudolph, also from Cybersecurity Magazine. And today we're talking with Sandeep Shukla, Professor at the Indian Institute of Technology and Joint Coordinator for the C3I Centre and the National Blockchain Project at IIT Kanpur. He recently co-edited a book titled Implementing Enterprise Cybersecurity with Open Source Software and Standard Architecture. And it's this topic of open source software for cybersecurity that we're discussing today, how to use it, why it's used, and the security implications, and, and so on. Uh, so thank you, Sandeep, for joining us today. Um, and to start the conversation, I guess, um, Sandeep, how important do you think open source software kind of is for cybersecurity globally? Yeah, so uh, the uh, situation is such that uh, the cybersecurity uh, tools uh, that are available um, in uh, in the market mm -hmm. are quite expensive. Sure. And being expensive, uh, it is very hard for smaller companies. And in India, there is a huge uh, medium and small scale industries, uh, but they're also targeted, especially with the ransomware situation mm -hmm. uh, in the world. Uh, they are being targeted uh, heavily. And uh, because of that, uh, we decided that we should help them in figuring out how to use open source tools and uh, technology to actually, uh, you know, fortify their systems. Uh, so I think for them, it is very important. Uh, for research, also, it is quite important because many times uh, educational institutes cannot afford the mm. price points that are uh, there for this kind of uh, tools. And uh, we also see a lot of marketing about additional bells and whistles uh, uh, that may or may not be required uh, for somebody who is uh, a bit, uh, you know, uh, experienced with cybersecurity uh, tools and techniques. So, so therefore uh, open source is, uh, is important and there are lots of tools that are available uh, for free that one can use. Uh, of course, I, I'll talk about in, uh, you know, what are the risks of doing so, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is very important, uh, I think, uh, for smaller scale mm -hmm. industries with uh, low revenues and, and things like that. Okay, hey. uh, yeah, you're, you're touching on an important point there that I, I would imagine the the, overall landscape of open source security tools uh, is quite broad. Can you give us a, a rough overview, like what kind of tools are available? What, in, in what areas can, can open source um, add uh, the, the biggest benefit here? Right, so, uh, well, one of some of the two VAPT tools, for example, uh, the Kali Linux and Metasploit has a version that is open, um, uh, at least for uh, you know use uh, the uh, the other other thing is that you know hardening tools like operating system hardening tools especially in Linux uh, they're they're available uh, the biggest uh, tool the the best tools that I like the most uh, in open source is the uh, the network intrusion tools like uh, Snort uh, or uh, Zip. Uh, I also like the uh, the uh, host intrusion detection tool uh, Waza, and uh, you can also get uh, you know uh, some versions of uh, you know Splunk, or uh, you can also 
use the, the uh, you know the Kibana um, and Elastic uh, uh, set of tools uh, that uh, kind of uh, you know uh, helps you to do create a kind of a poor man's SOC uh, cyber operation center very easily, giving giving you visibility into the network traffic and visibility of uh, uh, what's happening in the in, in your uh, in, in your hosts or end devices uh, that is uh, file integrity violation or uh, uh, existence of root kits or uh, uh, various kinds of other uh, events even performance uh, changes this kind of things can be uh, easily obtained through these tools um, i don't and then uh, there are also some tools that are not necessarily uh, very well known. Like, uh, for example, uh, if you take Barb Switch, for example, that's that's uh, pretty. Uh, you know, you have to pay for it uh, uh, unless you get a uh, you know, limited version. But if you take Wovas Wo Zap tool, for example, for uh, intercepting uh, web traffic, uh, that is for uh, that is open source. Uh, there are several other uh, open source tools. Uh, uh, for uh, web penetration, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, application security also, there are a number of tools like SAST and DAS tools that are available in open source. Uh, I haven't seen a uh, uh, tool uh, that is for risk uh, assessment, uh, assistant to risk evaluators uh, uh, in the open source, but I hope that that will also, uh, either that is already available, I haven't looked uh, enough, but, or that should be available soon. So I think there are a number of tools uh, that are that you can rely on. Okay, and does open source kind of lend itself to any particular types of tools in particular? Like, do you see uh, certain tools in one area a lot are open source, or is it kind of there's now open source software for the majority of tools that you would need? Yeah. So. Um, uh, I think uh, one can actually create a pretty good uh, security posture with open source tools. And uh, there, uh, for example, uh, for uh, you know uh, uh, authentication authorization, uh, also could actually rely on uh, Google Authenticator uh, for two-factor authentication. Uh, you can actually, uh, but the the asset management and asset monitoring tools are not there. Uh, but uh, you can once you have the right uh, set of assets, you can probably um, uh, quickly uh, hook up a tool uh, to actually uh, create that database, update that database, and and also compare uh, vulnerability listing of uh, that particular uh, asset with the version number, etc. Uh, there is uh, OSCAP, uh, the OpenSCAP uh, tool that is available. Uh, you can use OpenSCAP to actually do quite a bit of benchmarking. Uh, there are okay. also free benchmarking, um, you know, uh, the bench, you know, baseline uh, that are defined by the US Department of Defense, which are available for free uh, for um, uh, you know, uh, various versions of Linux or Chrome or Firefox and, and various things. Uh, 
those are uh, very useful for, uh, for example, checking for configuration problems uh, or uh, existing vulnerability that has not been patched, etc. So I think uh, the benefits, uh, are, you know, are plenty, right? So uh, one of the benefits for this open source tools is that you can also modify it if you want to, uh, you know, if it doesn't exactly suit your purpose. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that you can integrate. So, so usually many uh, vendors, they actually have a whole suite of tools and, uh, you know, you cannot integrate them easily with other, another vendor to get a vendor lock-in, etc. cetera. Uh, although some of them are now, you know, exposing APIs, etc. So and there are some data, data standards, uh, uh, that that are uh, coming up, but it's open source tools uh, with a good uh, programmer. Uh, I mean, cybersecurity expert who also can do programming. You can actually make a very uh, a good integrated solution, and that's what we actually try to show in our book. That uh, you know, this is what these are all the things that you can do with uh, just open source tools. Right. Um, yeah, this this sounds great. You mentioned uh, the modifiability or customization that that's possible with open source. Obviously, there's the fact that all of this is is free. What else would speak for, um, or, or how would you? What's what's the, the the most convincing factor other than this for for companies to to yeah try open source, especially for security? Maybe I mean. There's, there's many open source software out there, but what makes security such a such a good area where this can be utilized? Yes, yeah, so, so I think that one of the problem we see a lot is that upper management, especially at the board level, they are not yet very uh, aware or sensitized to the need for cybersecurity. So cybersecurity risk uh, is, something that often are ignored, even if your, uh, uh, you know, CISO uh, level people continue to say that there are, there are certain possibilities of uh, ransomware or some uh, APTs uh, sitting in your system, which might eventually, you know, do something. But we, we see, especially in India, uh, we see that, uh, a lot of the uh, executive level people don't take it seriously and therefore the budgeting is very, very uh, limited. Uh, and the, given the budgeting is limited and they often treat the CISO as kind of a doomsday predictor uh, with, uh, you know, don't take him very seriously because um, I know for sure for my, in my case, I am always very suspicious uh, when people download uh, things uh, uh, from the like recently, one of our PhD students in another department came to us. Her laptop with her thesis work and data got ransomware because she downloaded a cracked version of some kind of a plotting software. And I told her that you know this is something you shouldn't do, right? So, so this is the situation that happens when your budget is very constrained and therefore uh, people get desperate and do various uh, wrong things. Uh, whereas if, if you are a very uh, responsible CISO or CISO level uh, personnel, then irrespective of the support, you might want to just protect what is, uh, what is your, uh, you know, under your charge. 
and therefore uh, they actually might be very uh, uh, happy to use this uh, uh, open source software and uh, then uh, you know show that uh, to the upper management that they are able to actually protect the system quite to, to quite a, a good extent even though uh, there might be uh, other risks associated with open source software uh, in terms of supply chain contamination etc but but if they are careful and uh, it's a it's a repository that has been uh, well guarded uh, and uh, maintainers of the code base is uh, reputable like the ones for uh, snort or or zeek or uh, waza for example then uh, uh, or security onion for that for the matter then you could actually be very uh, um, more or less be confident that uh, using them are uh, very unlikely to actually harm them. Uh, so that's uh, that's one of the uh, reasons why uh, open source is uh, uh, interesting to such people. Okay, and we've kind of been talking a lot about why people use open source, why it's a good tool, uh, good for especially cybersecurity tools. Um, but I was wondering, kind of, what are some of the limitations do you see of using open rather than closed source software in the context of security? Right. So, uh, so one of the things that, uh, as I said, that uh, supply chain contamination is a big uh, concern. Mm -hmm. We have seen uh, even the most uh, well guarded uh, supply chain, like uh, Solar Wind, got created yeah. uh, and compromised, and uh, therefore. Uh, and we have seen uh, some GitHub repositories with Python scripts and all uh, have been contaminated. And that's one thing that I think cybersecurity researchers need to focus on. And there has been some projects uh, where people are actually applying uh, these uh, security analysis tools uh, like uh, SAS tools or DAS tools to actually evaluate security uh, re publishing reports on open source uh, uh, security, uh, this kind of uh, uh, things. And that needs to actually ramp up because a lot of people are dependent on open source. And the, the community that actually spends their time and energy to build this open source uh, mm -hmm. uh, success are actually uh, doing a great uh, service to, uh, to the humankind and therefore, uh, they would like their systems to be uh, secure. I mean, they don't want to have these contaminations uh, uh, there. The other other thing that uh, I feel uh, might be a problem is that some organizations uh, at the top management level might ban uh, use of open source uh, for uh, various reasons, uh, especially if influenced by vendors. Uh, who might actually tell them otherwise about open and give them horror stories about some cases where open source was contaminated or or uh, the software was not efficient or effective enough. Uh, that happens. Mm -hmm. so, so some of them are time tested now already and therefore uh, uh, they can be used. Uh, some of them are new and that has to be used uh, very uh, Carefully, uh, there are actors who would pose as 
uh, a good guy and, and put a, a lucrative uh, service on the GitHub or, or some repository. Okay. And you have to be careful about that. So, mm -hmm. so there is, there is a, you know, you cannot blindly use open source, uh, any tool that uh, comes in your way. You have to do your due diligence, uh, find, uh, be part of the uh, various security uh, discussion groups where you actually get a lot of inputs before you actually decide to download and deploy mm -hmm. an open source. So I think if you do that, your risk is less, but there is no 100% security as you know. So therefore there is a possibility something can, can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And that might, uh, that might be uh, some of the intimidation that uh, CISOs might feel. Might feel. Uh, this is a cultural thing that has to be addressed. Okay, and does the fact that it is open um, and can, you know, many people can, use it and view the code bring any a particular risk to using open source? Yeah, so, so as I said that there is a risk, uh, uh, for example, so, so a, a nation state attacker, right? So mm -hmm. they actually buy all the, all the security tools to do experiment on them and to find vulnerabilities in them so that when they are going to attack a particular target, they actually are, uh, you know, customizing their payload based on uh, knowing the vulnerability because all the tools, even commercial tools, have vulnerability, right? Yeah. So therefore, uh, in open source, that would be even easier because you don't even have to buy. You can actually mm -hmm. uh, find the vulnerabilities and then use that to attack your system. So that risk is always there, other than the supply chain contamination risk that uh, is also looming large. But uh, uh, so one has to do due diligence uh, and figure out uh, what uh, uh, what are the vulnerabilities of the security tool itself, and accordingly have some mitigation methods. So I I wouldn't say that you know it's easy. It requires uh, cybersecurity knowledge, training, expertise uh, to use open source tools. Uh, uh, it is not out of the box uh, mm -hmm. that uh, you can just deploy it. Uh, so, so I think uh, the, the, to address this, we have to train more people uh, with cybersecurity expertise and, and expose them to risks of open source and how to mitigate those risks and think about threat models that uh, might be uh, active if you use open source tools. So that, uh, that is a long-term uh, thing um, uh, we, are, we are trying to do, but we'll see. That's, that's already uh, quite interesting. You mentioned um, already two things, one being uh, you know, staying informed about uh, the technology that, that you're using, especially when you're using open source. Uh, you mentioned that there are some uh, methods to, to test or validate these, this kind of software. Um, can you give us, in a nutshell, some of the best practices that, that you see and that you would recommend um, to organizations, uh, individuals, even that that wanna or uh, build their IT infrastructure with with open source. Yeah, so I think uh, I I don't know about the other countries, but in India, the practice of risk assessment is uh, is almost missing unless there is a regulatory requirement for uh, you know 
being mm -hmm. uh, you know conforming to ISO two seven zero zero one or six two four four three. Well, six two four four three is not very common in India, but two seven zero zero one is common. The question is, if you don't do risk assessment, then you know you don't know what is critical and what is less critical. Uh, I think that's the first thing you have to do, and then based on the criticality, you may or may not deploy open source in a very highly critical uh, part and have a responsible vendor, you know, uh, you have to do your vendor research and, and find out like who will take responsibility in case the, their vendor software is breached. Whereas for the rest of the system, you can actually do open source and before you do open source, you have to do risk analysis of putting the open source there. Uh, the and the, to do the risk analysis, you have to uh, find vulnerabilities, uh, find threats. Uh, uh, that that will uh, require, as I was saying, that you have to be very informed about the technology. Talk, uh, be part of this discussion groups and all that to actually be well informed. But uh, these for small businesses, uh, usually uh, the the risk is low. For example, uh, there is. Uh, let's say a cookie factory or, or some uh, small factory that makes uh, small parts of, uh, you know, uh, hinges, for example, door hinges or something, and they have a sort of little bit of automation uh, system, uh, they can, their risk is low, right? So they will, no matter how you uh, compute the risk, their risk is low. In fact, they take so much risk. They, uh, many of them are using Windows 7, even Windows XP. So, so they're so, you know, they're so tolerant to risk. So for them, you know, if they want to improve their, uh, you know, risk mitigation, then I would say use open source, except that the question is uh, in such small companies, you don't have a cyber expert. So now in India, we are trying to create this uh, ecosystem of uh, startups. So our, our center has uh, uh, gotten grant from the government to create cybersecurity startups. Some of them could be uh, this service startups. They will uh, they will be actually doing service to implement cybersecurity in small and medium scale businesses, and they could actually do the new uh, research of uh, for open source uh, risk and vulnerabilities uh, and and stuff. And go go and go in and say that okay, you can use this tool because we have done due uh, diligence. Uh, there is a company also I, I recently uh, uh, read about that their whole thing is about uh, finding vulnerabilities and and risks of open source security software. I cannot remember which where I read it and and remember uh, what, but. But that means that there is a market. There is a market that actually is willing to use open source uh, tools to actually implement their cybersecurity. Yeah. It's interesting that you're, you're talking about this, about having cybersecurity experts or like information available to companies you, you can't because they're quite small. Um, so this month of October has actually been Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've been looking a lot at kind of how important cybersecurity awareness is. Um, I just wonder if, yeah, if you want to talk a bit more about kind of cybersecurity awareness, how important it is, especially for those using open source tools to build their security infrastructure. Yeah, so we are also, um, we have been actually given uh, letters, uh, government order to actually uh, do uh, events for cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And we are doing a lot of webinars and web panels, et cetera. 
but uh, it turns out that uh, majority of the population don't even know what cybersecurity is and okay. also also there is a misunderstanding even with, uh, among um, uh, you know educated people about what is cybersecurity what is cyber crime how they are related uh, you know things like that uh, in india there is a lot of frauds that go on uh, on banking mostly through social engineering so we are trying to actually sensitize uh, the social engineering aspects because that's where most uh, people uh, you know get uh, cheated which is not exactly cyber attack but it is cyber uh, you know some of cyber enabled attack i would say uh, so uh, so we and then i have been called to give uh, talks on cyber security awareness day at various organizations uh, all that stuff is going on but i am still not uh, happy about the awareness level even even in organizations uh, that are supposed to be guarding critical infrastructure guarding uh, uh, banks in india are pretty uh, good in terms of cyber security because uh, uh, so frauds is a different thing that is happening at the customer end but mm-hmm. if, if the bank cyber security their information infrastructure cyber security uh, 2005 our central bank made uh, uh, regulatory guidelines and they are they have to uh, abide by them so i i am pretty happy with the way the banks uh, handle cyber security uh, they do a lot of work they have very large teams etc uh, our uh, securities and exchanges uh, exchange commission like well the equivalent of that is called sebi the security exchange board of india they also have in 2016 uh, they have um, done the similar guidelines and and those entities also have to do uh, quite a bit and they actually do uh, have to audit etc so there there you are basically being forced to mm-hmm. do things by regulators whereas in other sectors we are seeing that until the regulators come in nobody wants to spend resources on cyber security what even now like one, one small bank manager not a manager board member told me when i was giving a talk that i would rather pay the ransomware than pay large salaries for cisos and and large team of cyber security they are they are uh, always asking for resources and all this mm-hmm. so that so that kind of uh, mentality is there uh, government is also very unprotected uh, in my view because of lack of cyber security awareness uh, okay uh, yeah so so i think the cyber security awareness is very important without that no matter how much you do uh, you know it's on the customer end mm. they will be fooled right so uh, that is required yeah that's an important message i think all right maybe before we close out just quickly um talk a lot about open source software for people who are interested and who actually want to look into this do you have um a few points uh, where people can find out more can can learn more about these tools um that that you can recommend well uh, our book <laughs> has a lot of tools being used mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, you know the whole point of the book was to open source um yeah so i think that uh, intrusion detection is one place where i find open source is highly mature 
Uh, I find the malware analysis antivirus open source is uh, almost non-existent. Research uh, okay. have tools, like we also have tools, but it's not uh, you know widely available. Uh, this is somewhere uh, you know they have to uh, spend uh, money. Uh, there is uh, also uh, there are open source firewalls. There are open source web application firewall. Uh, there are um, uh, I didn't see a lot of IPAM solutions in the open source. Uh, and then uh, backup and recovery. That that's where open source is almost uh, non-existent. We have to uh, spend money to uh, solve that problem. Uh, VPNs, open source VPNs, uh, I don't know of any, uh, in fact, um, actually open VPN is there, but then eventually you have to uh, get a robust VPN uh, server. Uh, on the other hand, Tor is free, uh, mm -hmm. open source. So, so there are lots of tools. I think uh, one has to uh, get into uh, some of this uh, uh, discussion groups. Uh, I think the discussion groups are the best way to know what is available, ask questions, and there will be a lot of willing uh, people to answer. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's the best way to go about it. Okay, fantastic. And just finally, you mentioned that there's a few areas where there's slightly less open source software available. Um, how do you see the future of open source software? Do you see it growing to fill in these gaps? Yeah, I, th I think that uh, until the world becomes a uh, lot richer uh, <laughs> and until the uh, cybersecurity becomes so important to board level, uh, you know, uh, executives, I think that cybersecurity budgets will still be very uh, low. <laughs> and there I think we will see increasing use of open source. But there is a chance that there will be a large scale attack. Like, you know, this week there was Twitch attack, uh, one of the largest uh, attack on uh, streaming services with all customer data gone. Uh, there has been too many ransomware attacks in the last uh, few months. Uh, so there is a palpable change of uh, attitude towards cybersecurity, but it is hard. It is. Uh, most board members are not cybersecurity uh, or even IT people, and they don't see cybersecurity. They have other risks to worry about, mm -hmm. like you know, market risks and um, uh, monetary risks and and whatnot. So I think as long, until that goes to that level of at the same level as other risks, I will think that the uh, uh, companies will starve in cybersecurity uh, budgets. And then, then small scale businesses and stuff, they don't even have the wherewithal to actually uh, buy expensive tools. And as long as the tool vendors uh, put their price points, yeah. you will see use of open source. Uh, that's my hope that, that, that that's how it will be uh, in the near future. But things might change over time. Yeah. Um, well, that seems a, a perfect place to end it. So thank you very much, Sandy, for joining us. Thank you very much.